Welcome back, folks, to Two Brits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and a respectable thief boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who Matt Bellamy wishes he was, and a man who's soon to be appearing on a I Got News For You. Well, if you're human, well, how you doing? Fucking Matt Bellamy. That is... <laughs> that is a fucking name. I've not thought that in many a moment. <laughs> Do you know what we think it's... A... Go on. I was just going to say, when he had that fucking... What's it called? The, the Korg Chaosolator built into his guitar, and he's fucking... What a weird guy. Mews are a bit weird though, aren't they? They're, they're weirdly immensely popular, yet not very popular. They're, like, they always sell out their stadiums and, and everything. Yet, if you said to, I don't know, you could ask 100 people in the street, can you name one person from Muse? Maybe one of, or two of them would know who Matt Bellamy was. Yeah, that's that's it. Like, everybody knows who Muse are. Yeah. And it, it feels like they're a band that... Yeah, they're, they're weirder than, like, I don't know, fucking Biffy Clyro or fucking Mumford and Sons or whatever. But I feel like they aren't as weird as the people are. If it, Like, Matt Bellamy is a fucking freak. You can't tell me that Matt <laughs> Be- if, if Matt Bellamy had his way, just making the most fucking mental music that, that anyone would have. But, like, it feels like he's reined himself in somewhat so that he's actually able to make money playing the O2 rather than just fucking doing... Open white nights at his local pub and getting booed off the stage thirty seconds into his <laughs> fucking set. Mate, that is. They It's one of those. Was. It's one of those bands that it, Muse are one of those bands that I have massive, massive respect for, but I just don't like any of their stuff. They're a phenomenal band. Like I say, they sell out stadiums all over the world. I've I've seen things on YouTube where you know there's people in Brazil, there's people in like America, there's people in Romania. I mean, they're, they're, oh yeah, Muse, Muse, can't wait, can't wait. It's gonna be amazing. I just think. I missed, I've missed something here clearly because I I don't I don't I don't get it. Nah, I don't I don't rate it. I think like when when we were growing up and like first learning to play your instruments and stuff, there was an element of oh can you play X Muse song because it's like technically proficient. But I never yeah. I never like enjoyed listening to it. I haven't I haven't even heard a snippet of a Muse song in probably fucking fourteen years. When yeah. when did fucking Starlight come out? That was the last Muse song I know. God knows, mate. Couldn't, I couldn't even get... Well, I could guess, but I'd be probably way off. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Let's go with that. 2006, 14 years on the nose. Fucking don't worry about it. Jesus. Japanese, Japanese minted. Oh, Bellamy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude, they sell out stadiums all the time. I'm not talking like... Like you say, I'm not, I'm not talking about the dog and duck on a Thursday night. I mean, they are selling out stadiums. <laughs> like 20, you know, 25, 30, 40,000 people. And they're not paying £5 a go, are they? They're, you know, it's like proper full, 27 quid, 30 quid a ticket. I mean, they must be coining it. It must be raking it in. Right. We've sold out the O2, so that's like 80,000 people there. But they have only paid a pound fifty to get in. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. They got a two-for-one like Alton Towers tickets. I'm about to, I'm about to hit enter. <laughs> Matt Bellamy net worth, what do you reckon? What is Matt Bellamy worth? Oh, my God. Yeah, let's have a quick let's have a quick game of this. Matt Bellamy. Play along at home, uh, fun folks. Text in your answers. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Matt Bellamy is worth... I've, I'm going to say 15 million. That's, I, I wasn't sure if you were going to go like insanely high or not, but yeah, I'd, I'm going to say 20. No. 20 is what I okay. initially thought. But I, I have no point of reference for how much like a, that kind of... For me, it's either you're a musician who could afford to be a musician... And that's about it, really. Like you can be a full, you have to tour all the time, but you can afford yeah. to not have a job, or you're a fucking superstar and you're worth like five hundred million dollars. So let's. Yeah, let's... but you never will be though, because bands are not bands. Never get that kind of seem to get that kind of money, do they? Like if you typed in Metallica's career earnings, no, I bet it's not as you, you'd be, you'd want to say 
oh, they've been around for like four years. They must have like five billion dollars, but no, they won't. I, I think I think Metallica <laughs> are the, the perfect example. Yeah, so like James Hetfield is worth three hundred million dollars. So is Lars Ulrich. So like yeah, they're worth fucking loads. Um, yeah, Matt Bellamy thirty million dollars. So yeah, about about twenty million quid. About twenty million quid. Yeah, yeah. Not not bad for some fucking mutant. <laughs> for some guy that we think's terrible, <laughs> and we don't get his music. <laughs> I mean, I, that's, that's an interesting one. If you, some, I'd I'd say like muse are like pop prog, and, and if, I wouldn't I wouldn't even know how to define them. Well, it's like it's poppy. It's radio music. It's played on the radio. Therefore, there is an element of pop to it. You know what I mean? True. Like you can't tell me that fucking Starlight isn't a pop song. No, yeah, true. That's true. But then they still have like the what's that? What's that baby, baby one? Plug a plug-in baby. That's plug-in baby. Yeah, that, that's a pop song as well because there's like catchy melodies, but it's still weird. Can you not understand pop music? Like if if I don't like Lady Gaga or whatever, is it just because I don't, I don't get it? Like I'd I'd appreciate that. Say I don't know, I don't get my sugar or fucking. Whoever, like an an indie band or a metal band or whatever, I could say, okay, I don't understand what they're trying to do here, which is why I don't appreciate it. But if something is as like widely popular as Lady Gaga or Muse or fucking Metallica or whatever, can can you even define that as not understanding the product? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. Like I get like I mean, yeah, this is Muse of a perfect case. I respect the hell out of them. They've had a massive career, massively successful. I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it. He's a ratty Jared Leto. The human rat. Is he, is he, are they Welsh? I feel like they're Welsh. No, they're from, they from the South Coast. I thought they were from Portsmouth. Oh, no, it's from Cambridge. Oh, Cambridge. Oh, okay. Anyway. I felt like we could have done half an hour on Muse there, just saying absolutely nothing. Absolutely, we could have, yeah, we could have done half an hour on Muse and sort of the stylings of different bands and how we kind of feel about them, even though they've been successful or not. Right, well, that's the show for this week, people. Thank you for tuning in. Uh... <laughs> a couple of, uh, let's have a couple of little, little bits to start off the show this week. Isn't it good to have the heart conversation back, Will? Where is it? The uh, heart trophy doesn't mean best player. The heart trophy clearly means they're the best player. Oh, I've missed it so much. It's only been a year or so since we've had this conversation. Having having hockey on the horizon of coming back has reminded me how much I fucking hate this sport and everything about it. <laughs> my life has been better. If, if anything, the coronavirus has improved my life by taking hockey out of it. Oh, you're not wrong. Odd- I've got a tweet from, I think, November that says, I can't wait for the dry sidle is only good because of McDavid chat when it comes to heart trophy consideration or something like that. You could you could see it coming a mile away. A mile away. And that was all it was. Every time someone mentioned dry sidle for the heart, well yeah, of course, because he's playing with Connor McDavid. It's it's a problem <laughs> where, fucking hell. where the heart trophy is is the trophy and the Ted Lindsay is the same. You might as well never gets talked yeah, about. You might as well just have the fucking Lady Bing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where really the Ted Lindsay should be the one because that's player's player isn't it exactly so in theory you want you want to be player's player rather than fucking numpty's player of the year fucking jim matheson's player of the year yeah you're right it's especially where like everyone has an agenda or whatever when it comes to voting for the heart i feel like to an extent there's no bias for for the for the ted Lindsay because it's, it's generally quite clear cut really i think yeah i think dries will get the ted Lindsay this year definitely and he and he probably should he, he was on pace to break Kudrov's records last year and we're all fucking 
gushing over Nikita Kucherov. So realistically, we should be and 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 we were gushing over Kucherov when he still had like Braden Point and Steven Stamkos and players like that around him. Yeah, Drysdale has been the best player in the league this year, but he's not been the most valuable, and that's always the problem. And so many people want to argue that most valuable is best. Yeah, and it's not. Because if you've got yeah, which is why it's which is why we said the future it's either it's either Panarin or Hellebuck, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like if if your top six is made up of, you know, the top six, the six best players in the league, and then you've got a team who's got the seventh best player in the league, but then their next best player is like the three hundredth best player in the league. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, <laughs> the New York Rangers. Uh, that player yeah. is or the Winnipeg Jets. That seventh best player in the league is more valuable than the first. Like we don't need to fucking. I feel like we and countless others have done this before. Yeah, I'm having weird flashbacks to the past how many years we've been doing this show. <laughs> now we talk about it every year. Do you, Do you reckon Trazak will get the heart? Uh, do you know what? I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I just think him him playing with like when like when Connor hasn't won it. If if it means best, Connor will win it for the next ten years. He's the best player, but it doesn't mean that. So he's not gonna. So I, yeah, I think I think yeah, I think Drysdale will win the Lindsay, and then I, I think probably Panarin will win the Hart Trophy. Just because they'll do what they did with Hall that year, where it was like, how many points has he got? Ninety-three. What's his next closest got? Twenty-seven. Jesus, no kidding. <laughs> and like, oh well, clearly it's him then. I think yeah, I think you've got a good point there. Though I think the top three will end up being Drysdale, Panarin, and Hellebuck. It's just about what order that comes down in. McKinnon? Nah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, like McKinnon should be... You have to remember as well, you have to remember as well, the people who vote on these things aren't all analytics darlings or... How, how, how many times have we seen it with bloody the NHL awards and all that bullshit? Who are the first three names you can think of for a Hart Trophy ballot? I don't know. McKinnon's really good, Drysaddle's really good, and McDavid's really good. Okay, there's my three. Maybe. I don't really think that many people give it that... Some people do, but not many people give it that much thought, do they? Whether looking at stats and relativity and all that kind of if, thing. If anyone puts two players from the same team on their fucking ballot, <laughs> you'll just fucking turn on yourself, <laughs> aren't you? That's... Fair point. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't look past the fact that Hellebuck deserves it. Andy plays in the Canadian market. And there's such a story of going into the season of they should like a bit a bit like the Devils with Taylor Hall, like you say, like the Devils were not meant to make the playoffs that year. And Taylor Hall fucking dragged them to the playoffs. And Hellebuck has done that with the Jets, plus they're a Canadian team, so Yeah, but so's yeah, you know, we said so's Panarin. If you 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 pick either of those, I'm I am i am not gonna argue either oh, point. Yeah. You wanna make a case for either, that's fine. I I just don't think I can I don't trust any of my answers for who I think's gonna win it. Like for me, it should be it should yeah. be Hellebuck, but I don't know who the consensus is going to pick. Yeah, you're right. This is kind of an interesting test because with Panarin and Hellebuck, you actually do have two players who make a noticeable difference to their team with seemingly no help from anyone else. Mm-hmm. And it will be telling to see how the votes come in if people are now looking at that more than just oh, this guy had a ton of points, he must be really good, or this guy's got this name. He's been good for ages, so he must still be really good. It'll be interesting to see this season. I think if you know if if a more analytical approach is kind of taken by the uh, the voters, it's it's a little bit like the year that Taylor Hall won, really, isn't it? Because that was well, that was Hall, yeah. McKinnon, and Kopitar for the top three, wasn't it? 
I think it was, yeah. So I think this will be, yeah, the, the fact that it's not McDavid or Crosby in the conversation is in itself going to make it interesting enough. Okay, should we start the show? Yeah, go on then. You must be delighted to have read this week that the real Department of Player Safety is going to be back on the ice for a few more seasons, making dirty players see the error of their ways. Because Ryan Reeves has signed a new TA deal in Vegas. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. The league's conscious, consciousness is back on the ice. It's, it's just proving that nothing changes since school, does it? In, <laughs> all of life is school, really. Where very popular person... Maybe doesn't achieve or contribute too much to to the lessons or whatever, whatever it might be. But he's popular. He or she is popular. You know, a lot of friends and that. So they um, you know, climb to the top of the social ladder. And that is exactly what Ryan Reeves has done. Nobody wants fucking Ryan Reeves playing hockey for the hockey team. Because he's fucking shit. How dare you? Don't you, you don't speak for me. <laughs> I just have, unfortunately. <laughs> no, we'll take it back. He's, he's, not in, he's not being talked about for the heart conversation, is he? That's not my fault, Will. <laughs> That's the error of the voting, <laughs> the voting populace of, of the NHL. That's, that's not my fault. <laughs> Did you ask me who my third person was? No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, your third person's Panarin, second is Hellebuck, and first is Ryan Reeves. Everybody knows that. Exactly. But it's it's a case of like there are probably seven hundred better hockey players than Ryan Reeves in this league. But he, I understand why they resigned him. He's popular. He has a swagger about him. And in in a way, it's an argument that we play too many players, <laughs> as it is. Like, if you can get away with having Ryan Reeves in your squad and not have it as a detrimental impact to your team, can't, can't you're, so you're, you're still you're still a big body denier then that it doesn't no, make any not. difference. Even though the two teams that won it got to the cup final last year played some big boy hockey along the way, I'm not I'm, roughed up a few teams. I'm not a big body denier. I'm just saying that if you've got a big body like play the fucking game as well like like Jamie Benn has a big body Alex Ovechkin has a big body Chris Kreider is a big body but they all know how to you know move the vulcanised rubber disc around the ice whereas Ryan Reeves is a big body who who admittedly is buzzing to punch people in the face it's like brother fucking sort it out yes clearly uh, Jamie Benn and Chris Kreider they're two of the uh the more safe players, of course, in the league over their tenure. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> a, it's not about safety. B. Ryan Reeves isn't fucking safe, and and C. That's not the argument. It's not about safety. It's about if if you want to make an argument that you still need big body or like a big body can still have its place in the game. Yes, it absolutely can. But you've got to know how to fucking move the puck or put it in the back of the net. And Reeves does not know how to do either of those things. I've said this a million times, and I'll say it a million times more. As soon as the Department of Player Safety starts to do the job properly, players like Ryan Reeves won't be needed. But while there's players out there cheap-shotting everyone, and then there's no one else to retaliate or sort of take matters into their own hands, it's going to keep happening. I just... I, I'm going to... I know... I, I, I agree, okay, we disagree on the point, and I'm going to I'll mention it again. What stopped Tom Wilson doing what he was doing? It fucking wasn't Department of Player Safety, was it? It was Ryan Reeves knocking him out. That's not... I'm not saying it's right... And we're not going to get into this again. I agree, it's not right that he did that. But 
what's Tom Wilson done since then? Nothing. Because he was like, oh yeah, this fucking sucks. Maybe I shouldn't do it anymore. It wasn't having to go to the Department of Player Safety fucking eight times or whatever it was in two years and them going, oh, maybe a game this time. Maybe two games this time. Oh, don't be naughty again. And it's like, well, what the fuck is your job then? What are you doing? They just fucking bail on any tough decisions, don't they? And don't make a stand. So Ryan Reeves <laughs> is Batman. <laughs> yeah, go on. And and the the DPOS is um DOPS rather, DOPS is a Gotham City Police Department. No, because Commissioner Gordon still helps and does some things now and again, doesn't he? Dops doesn't just do anything. That's, they don't do anything. That's, that's one man, though. I'm sure there's probably one man in Dops that's saying to, to George Paris, like, no, we really should kill. We should kill Tom Wilson. We should have him murdered via the electric chair for his crimes. And then George Paris is like, nah, but it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, but George Paris should be. George Paris is Commissioner Gordon. If you're looking at it as a comparison in that way, Paris is Commissioner Gordon. So that's not a perfect comparison. I'll I'll hold my hold my hand up because because yeah, Ryan Reeves isn't actually Batman. He's just a fucking shithole player, and Batman is just a fucking twat. So there are similarities, but it's it's not perfect. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I just <laughs> but that's why he's still here. That's why players like him still exist. We, we, it's because Dops is fucking useless. We need to save ourselves some time and just put in the description of this episode. Fucking refer back to. What, December 2018 or whatever it is for a good whatever it was yeah you're right five minute argument about why Ryan Reeves shouldn't be in the league I think we have some middle ground we do have some yeah, middle ground yeah, now at least I, I appreciate that the facts are the facts Tom Wilson has stopped murdering people since Ryan Ryan Reeves <laughs> fucking gave him a concussion but, yeah but even then that's more of a, more of an advantage an argument job's done it's over see you later brother it's time to pull him out he's 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 done his job <laughs> The, the threat has been neutralised now fucking send Ryan Reeves out to pasture yeah but then there might be the new there might be the new Tom there Wilson might, a guy who thinks be, he's gonna there might be oh, yeah. we better keep this it's like Ryan Reeves is a fucking nuclear submarine in 2020 oh if we, if we don't get rid of it something bad might happen so well, nothing bad is fucking happening mate so fucking get rid of him did you what I'm I know but did, did you see the playoffs last year it was dirty as fuck the cup final especially, that was a dirty cup final. And they let so much go. And if you get to the cup final and you've got some fucking units in your team who don't mind laying someone out now and again, maybe it makes a difference. I'm not saying it does, but like I keep saying, that's why guys like this are still around. But they, but they didn't they didn't get there. Like, I, I don't think... Right. No, no, no. They haven't, like, no, the Blues and the Bruins doing stuff, like cheap stuff. Both And both teams did, you know. If you think that Reeves being around to neutralise that sort of threat gives you an advantage, in theory it should have propelled them to another cup final, but it didn't. Well, no, because they got jibbed by a dodgy referee in the Sharks game, oh, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they did. Where was he then? Ah, you see? You where, see? Where was he then? Where was he then? See? Ar- dodgy playoff refs, that's arguably, all it is. Arguably, Cody Eakin was pulling a Ryan Reeves. He was doing his best Ryan Reeves impression, <laughs> and that's what cost... <laughs> The Golden Knights in the first round. <laughs> no, no, you see, no, because if it if it had been Reeves that had done that, the refs would have gone. Oh, well, because Reeves is so big, it's kind of not really his fault. He's that <laughs> it's not really Reeves' fault. Whereas Ekin actually tried to use force to push over. Was it Kachura or Pavelski? It was Pavelski. Pavelski, yeah. It was you know, if Ryan Reeves had pushed over Pavelski, they would have gone. Well, Pavelski's just soft. Ryan Reeves is just way too big. <laughs> Whereas because it was Cody Ekin, they were thinking, Ah, no, Cody Ekin's just being dirty. 
<laughs> yeah, Cody Eakins just being dirty and trying to injure Joe Pavelski. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Come on. Because this this whole podcast could have been a thirty five minutes on Muse and then thirty five minutes on Ryan Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> just a rehashing of no, no, you're wrong. <laughs> oh. I want to give a quick shout out because I did mention him around six months ago in Starters and Scratches. But uh, I'm going to shout out to my boy Diego the Tortoise. He has been put out to pasture after he and 14 other male tortoises were sent to an island to rebuild the population via sexy methods. 2,000 new tortoises later, and, uh, and Diego has been put out to pasture to, uh, to enjoy his time in the sun. Do you know what? They found out 40% of those 2,000 were done by Diego. It's fucking mental, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? That's a, that's isn't that a, amazing? That's a nice, nice war number he's got there. Absolute ledge. Absolute ledge. <laughs> so, so where's he been put out to pasture? Is he in like a zoo now? A reserve somewhere. It's an uninhabited island. Well, how, do, how do we know he's there? Maybe there's one with dinosaurs on. He might be in danger. What if, maybe, that, if he's, maybe that's the third instalment of the new Jurassic World franchise. He, <laughs> Just Diego out, running around fucking everything. If, if he's out in the wild now, he's not going to get any respect, is he? No, no one's going to. Yeah, you know, the Animal Kingdom's like news travels fast. Everyone knows who he is probably by this point. Nobody knows who he is. Just going to see something. Dude, they have birds. Birds would have been there, and then birds have probably just flown to the island and gone, fucking Diego's on the way. That dude, that tortoise, Matt, like, yeah, that tortoise guy. He's on the way. Of course they have birds, Dan. Who else do you think Diego was shagging? (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. The ball and chain. The enemy. Oh, God. Anyway. A whole lot of effort for some fucking old tortoise, if you ask me. How dare you? Well, just chuck him up on Gumtree. <laughs> hey, say, yeah. speaking about... Talking about pulling fucking statues down, how about a statue for Diego? <laughs> what a fucking statue. What a statue. But practically practically rebuilt an entire species on his own. I hadn't thought about the statues at all this day. Today. So that almost... 8.38. Fucking most of the way through the day and I hadn't thought about fucking statues. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Nearly. That's all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, by the time it's a tortoise statue, they're way cooler. That's good, but it'll, it'll come out that Diego's fucking... He's a fucking yeah. Nazi, you know? <laughs> Mate, if, if, Diego, if Diego's not pro-eugenics, I don't know who he fucking is. His, his entire job is fucking eugenics, mate. Like, oh, I see. You can't even have a Diego statue. Okay. Problems. Fucking Diego's cancelled, mate. Fucking... <laughs> All right. Okay, let's move... I'm moving over from the Starties folder to the Scratches folder. Sorry, Diego. Yeah. Uh, some Dallas Stars new will. Roman Polak. Talk to me. Fucking power, power to you, Roman Polak. Speak your fucking mind, mate. So so he signed a provisional contract or definitely signed a contract in the Czech Republic where he, where he is from. I don't know which team because I do not care which team it is. It's a Czech Republic team. That is, that's all I need to know. It's not fucking Kladno. So uh, he's not playing with Jags. And that, that's it. But the interesting thing is, so he signed that for next year. And he's come out and said in this interview in, in the Czech Republic, he doesn't really want to come back to the AHL this year. <laughs> he, feel, <laughs> he feels scorned. And to be fair, fair play to him. I, I kind of agree with him. Like his, his point was, so he wasn't, he wasn't really enjoying it because so the Stars are carrying eight defencemen. They've been carrying eight defencemen for a couple of years because Stephen Johns has been injured with his post-traumatic headaches. Oh, yeah. The, the idea was to keep him around on the roster because it was such a like a literal day-to-day injury where he's, he's physically fit 
but just struggling with his headaches. So one day he might be all right, and then the next day he's fucking fucked up like he's got a grade 10 concussion or whatever you want to call it. So it was keeping him around in the hopes that he would eventually be able to return to play, which he was able to do in February this year. But the Stars still wanted to keep eight defencemen around just because it was still quite a, a tenuous situation for Johns, especially in the early days where you don't know whether he can do a full slate of games at once sort of thing. He hasn't played hockey in 22 months. So what basically ended up happening was there was a rotation going for the six defensemen between Andre Sekera and Roman Polak. Roman Polak's not a particularly good NHL defenseman. The argument is he probably shouldn't have been in the league this year anyway. But that's a bit moot because he was in the league and he had a contract and he actually got playing time before Johns came back. He was fucking Miro Haskinen's partner last year. So he has played hockey recently. And to his credit, if you have been playing, I'm sure as a player you think, well, I deserve to keep playing. His frustration came from the fact that he was in such a strict rotation with Sekera that it literally did not matter what he did in the game. He would be sitting next. He could come out and have a fucking hat-trick. Two assists, 5.9, whatever you want. And then he'd be sitting for Sekera because the rotation was so strict. And that was his frustration. He'd be sitting on the bench thinking, I'm here to play 12 minutes a night and then not play for another four days. And then basically be a human stopgap. The interesting thing is his reluctance to come back this year and whether that's going to sort of, how that's going to play out. So how long was left on his deal then with the Stars? It was just a one-year deal, I think. Just a one-year, oh, okay, okay. This was the last year at the very at the very least. It might have been a... Oh, I see, okay, okay. might have been a two-year, but, but yeah, he, he, he is a free agent. He's allowed to sign that contract and he, yeah. he would have been a free agent this summer anyway. But yeah, it's just, okay. just the fact that yeah, it was one year at 1.75. So, yeah, he's, he's... How old is he? He's 34. Oh, oh fair enough then. Yeah, 34 on the nose. It's, it's just interesting because he's the first player to sort of come out and say he doesn't want to come back for, for performance reasons sort of thing. Rather than saying, oh, I'm concerned about the health and safety issues. I'm concerned about, you know, I've got a young family. I'm concerned about X, Y, and Z. He is saying, I don't want to come back because there's no point in me coming back and training, going for a training camp just to fucking sit and not play in the playoffs. Because he probably wouldn't play in the playoffs. He, he shouldn't play in the playoffs, quite frankly. So yeah. just for, for a hockey player, as we've said many times, Dan, for a group of people who are so team first, I've got to do what's right for the team, to actually come out and say, this would be a waste of my time to come back and I do not want to come back because it has not been good for my mental health to be part of this team this year. It's, it's really interesting. It's very interesting. Well, it's the new NHL, isn't it? People can speak their mind now. Fucking moving on now, mate. Moving on. It's a, it's a moving on. crazy future. Speaking of moving on, in news that is shocking to literally no one, <laughs> the massive Instagram DM fan Brendan Leipzig has found employment in the KHL. Who, who could have known? Would you look at that? What a, what a surprise. Know, Who's taken him? It's unnamed so far. An unnamed KHL. Oh, no. CSK Moscow. I thought it was CSK Moscow. Well, I've got to say something. Oh, yeah, there you go. Day later. To you. CS- Breaking news. CSK Moscow as well. <laughs> Fucking hell. That is, uh, <laughs> that is interesting. That's a big team as well. I thought he'd end up at, like, Avangard or Automobilist or, like, fucking Torpedo or whatever. Yeah, with with Bill Peters. <laughs> that's that's the one. Where Where is... Who's who's the coach at CSK? Equal, oh, I don't know. It's not Peters. Peters is an Automobilist. No, there you go. That's that's what I'd thought. So they <laughs> Okay. This this is almost like a standard like NHL to KHL signing. In a way, isn't it? There's, yeah, completely. Like completely ignoring the fact that 
he has this history and they're just treating that they clearly just want him to be because he's a good player for KHL standards allegedly it is a weird thing isn't it the, the, the joke is immediately like disgraced in the NHL well I guess he'll have fun in Russia then and then the others end up going to Russia but where else would they go that's the second best league so where else would you go kind of thing if they're going to give you the most money and you've got playing time and you're kind of guaranteed to start some games and stuff then you would go there wouldn't you because you're guaranteed to play they've got some they've got a few like North American players like they've got Lyndon Vay on the roster Matt Robinson I've never fucking heard of him but and some ex-NHL players like Klaus Dalbeck and uh, Yuri Sekach so it's it's interesting in that sense but I just <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's, it's a weird, like, social thing that I, I'm nowhere near educated enough on to talk about. But the fact that time and time again the KHL is willing to turn a blind eye or openly accept a player's sort of off-eye shortcomings in order to get them over. Now, I, I don't know if that's necessarily, like, a, a social thing in Russia as a whole... Or whether that yeah, is I know what you mean. It's a purely like business thing from the KHL. Will, like, give a shit what he's done. He's a better standard of player than we're used to. Let's fucking have him. I'd imagine it's the latter because I can't. You can't paint every Russian as being pro Brendan Leipzig. Like. <laughs> <laughs> They've got banners at the airport when he lands and stuff. <laughs> he's given the key to Moscow as soon as he, as soon as he arrives. <laughs> he's, he's actually in the the race for mayor of Moscow. <laughs> Already, he's, he's got quite a sizable lead over the next uh, the next candidate. <laughs> okay, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and being played at Quarantine Raves. And if you could leave a five star review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. As always, we're brought to you and sponsored by Wave Intel. Jason and his team are churning out stat sheets like Willy Wonka churns out bars of chocolate, and just like Willy Wonka, they're all pretty and all very tasty player and team comparisons plus a raft of other things wave intel online and on twitter being smart so you don't have to well the dreaded vote of confidence the dreaded vote of confidence only three weeks after kim pagula said we understand people may not think jason is the right choice but we do think he is the right choice turns out he was the wrong choice and kevin with a y adams steps in after zero experience in any capacity. But, well, my first question to you is, are we going to judge Kevin with a Y Adams to say he's unfit for his job after the jobs Tim Murray and Jason Bottrell did? I mean, yeah, he's still been part of the Sabres. I've agreed <laughs> it's in a business capacity. True. But you, you can't have it both ways. Either you say he was completely removed, only in the business side, therefore... He is not fit to have the job because he's had no experience. Or you say he's been part of our organisation so he knows how, how we want things run, etc, etc. Either way, it's an issue. You're putting an inexperienced man at the helm or you're putting more of the same at the helm. So it's which 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 way do you want it? My, my personal big issue with it is the fact that his name is Kevin with a Y. Like, what the fuck is that? Oh, and we shall be calling him Kevin with a Y from now on. Kev, Kevin. Maybe it's pronounced Kevwin. Kev- I haven't heard anyone say it. <laughs> Kevwin. Kevian. Kev- Kevian. 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 Straight out of the, out of the KHL. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but there was a guy on TV ages ago, and his name was... He was an American guy called Michael, but it was spelled M-I-K-U-L. 
Or like, like Michael. Or like dude. Yeah, but but Mike, literal Michael, Michael. It's now like Michael Granlund spelling his name or something. No, isn't he? Oh, maybe it is. Yeah, but he's not American, is he? Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly. It doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's not like um, it's not like an English-speaking country having the like, same as Kevin K E V Y N Michael M I K U L. You're just doing it to be different. His parents are clearly hippies or something. Michael is a Visiman guard posted at the Merchant's Bridge near the outskirts fishing village in The Witcher 2 for PCX. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. That's where he's from. So, but it wasn't just Jason Bottrell who's, who's had the chop, is it? No. Uh, so, yeah, not only Buzz Bottrell can, the Pagulas have binned off a ton of other office folks. I think it was around 25 at last, at uh, last count I saw, maybe close to 30. I think, is, is what I've got here, but... 22. I will not read out all the names, but yeah, so uh, GM, AGMs, tons and tons of scouts, player development coaches, and then people from uh, Rochester as well, including the head coach and the two assistant coaches, which is interesting because if we, I did a little bit of digging and we harken back to 2011 when the Pagulas took over, uh, they said there would be no financial mandates at all. Uh, things have changed around quite considerably. And, and that's where it gets interesting for me, especially when you throw in the fact that Kevin with Y is from within the organisation as well. Yeah, so, clearly taking a better deal for the Pagulas. So I, I think it's for for a, a team that they were one of the first to start firing staff when COVID hit, weren't they? Yeah. They cut like 50% of their staff or whatever. I reckon the fact that they've got, they have gutted their hockey operations department I reckon it was Botterill's not doing a good enough job for us to keep him around. Not that I, I reckon when Kim Pagula said that he's the right man for the job or they wanted to keep him or whatever it was, I reckon she was speaking the truth then. But since then, they've had some more budgetary meetings or whatever. And like Botterill's not good enough to be paid the salary that he's being paid or whatever. So they're just moving over. They're getting rid of all these people, moving over Kevin, whatever his fucking name is. And they're probably not going to replace Adam. Kevin Adams. They're not going to replace Kevin Adams on the business side of it, or they're going to bump somebody up or whatever. Yep. However yeah. it trickles down, there's going to be a hole left in the business side. I reckon this is purely financial. It's a combination of Bottrell not being worth keeping around and the fact that they're just cutting staff left, right and centre. Listen to this though, right? Pagula sold his gas company or parts of his gas company for four point seven billion dollars, he then sold, he then sold some other parts of that company to American Energy for one point seven five billion dollars. That's six and a half billion dollars. I'd still, I would still love to know what these billionaires are doing with their money, where ten to twelve weeks off is literally killing them financially. How is that possible? I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying I don't understand how because I'm clearly not that smart. It's it's killing their um their personal cash flow, I reckon. I guess so. Because if if you're right, I I don't own lots of money, but I could survive on less. Yeah. Yeah. But still, if somebody came to me and said you're going to be earning less money, still a livable amount, but less money. That would be a concern. Yeah, but hang up. That would be a concern. Yeah, but percentage-wise, percentage-wise, right? Percentage-wise, if you take away from their $6.5 billion, whatever they've lost in 10 weeks, 
that would be you like saying, I can't afford to lose this seven pound a week. <laughs> Are you mad? No, no, no. I'm going to have to start like, I might have to get a divorce or something. I can't live with another person. Two foods, two people's food in the house. That's crazy. I can't live like this. Did you not know that they're playing their uh, they're paying their concession stand workers like two hundred grand a year? They're they're on <laughs> they're on league minimum. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's uh, that's the only way that I can like level it in my head, equate it in my head. It's it's the pure single minded viewpoint of one one cent that should be going in my in my pocket is not going to go in my pocket. Therefore, yeah. fuck all these other people. I need that cent. That's good. that's got to be it, because because you're right. Otherwise, there is. He's, he's just there is another way to look at this. There is another way to look at this. I hope so. If you're if you're on what is this the fourth GM in ten years? No, it's only the third. I'm thinking. Well, no, because I'm thinking the the one before Tim Murray. Wasn't Tim Murray there like from 2011? So the one before him. But did they? Was that guy not already gone when the? That doesn't count as four, though. If you just, I've got a, uh, I've got a different. No, no, there you go. Yeah, the, yeah, Darcy. Oh, fucking! How'd you say that last name? I can never say that last name. Regia, Regia, was there until November thirteenth, two thousand thirteen. Oh, fair play. So then, Tim point. Murray, two, yeah, Tim Murray, two thousand fourteen to seventeen. Jason Bottrell, and then Kevin with a Y. So obviously, just started. So. The other way to look at this is, if you're on your fourth GM in 10 years, and, I mean, you are talking, again, about do we have another tank, like a third tank in 10 years to try and fix this absolute shit show of a team that we talked about a few weeks ago. We're not going to go over all the players again and how kind of dross they all are, apart from maybe two. Wouldn't you just say, you know what, fuck it. Let's just clear everybody. Because teams usually, okay, yeah, they'll fire the coach, Okay, that's not worked. We'll fire the we'll DM. We'll fire the GM. We'll see what happens after that. But then you're still going to have all the scouts there, all the all the assistants, you know, making all the same mistakes they've always made. So why don't you just clear everybody out? The, the problem is, like, that is a good thing. And you're absolutely right. That's a good thing to do. And a lot more teams should be doing things like that. Like, you know, gutting it to the core. You can't just get rid of the GM or the coach and say, we've cured the problem with our sort of, our culture, if you will. But it's it's the fact that it's the Sabres. It's the fact that it's a, uh, a franchise that have been very financially motivated in recent weeks. And I mean, until they actually replace all these play uh, these uh, executives that they fired, I'm not believing for a second that that's why they're doing it. I don't either. But I thought I'd put it to you. No, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like under normal circumstances this would be a sensible thing to do. And it's arguably something that the Sabres themselves should have done two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was. To be Yeah, to be honest, after two years of... Whenever it was that the Oilers made the, the post-season and the Sabres didn't, they should have been like, right, something's fucked up here. Let's get rid of it all. But they didn't, and they're doing it now under a pandemic when they've already let go people lower down the food chain than all these people and three weeks after giving Jason Botterill the, the kiss of death it's just all too it's too much too much of a coincidence for me the concern is as well is that they're just they've not got the Pagulas have got not got any I mean, to be fair I don't think they do they haven't got any ideas any plans they're just being reactive kind of on the spot and like you say to, to only get rid of a guy two weeks if it had been three months after fine 
but literally nothing's changed in the past three weeks in hockey. Yep. So if it was a case of three weeks ago, Jason Bottrell's the guy, and then they lose every single game for the next three weeks, you can then say, well, do you know what? They said he was the guy, but clearly they had other plans and they wanted to see how it would go, so they got rid of him. You see that all the time. You understand that. But nothing's nothing's happened in hockey in three weeks. And he's gone from being the guy to not being the guy with zero, zero hockey news at all. Which is just, yeah, a lot of Buffalo fans are just, what what are they doing? Clearly they're just being reactive and not proactive. Well, you know, you know what has come out since the uh, the Kimpula vote of confidence? Go on. The, uh, the return to play plan. True. Are we, are we talking about Jason Bottrell being fired if the Sabres have made it in somehow? Or if they just said season's cancelled, mm-hmm. sorry, that's it, there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's too dangerous or kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have been. I, I, he probably wouldn't have been. Oh, I, I, I just don't know. I, do, I just don't know. But well, I think I said last week, it's not a good look, is it? Where the league has practically said this year, all right, everyone can have a go, and the Sabres still don't make it. I mean, that's just, that is embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Yeah, but to an extent though, if you're gonna miss the if you were missing the playoffs this this much anyway, what does it matter that you're missing the fake playoffs as well? Because it's worse. It's way worse if only eight teams don't make it than and you're one of those eight. Yeah, I, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I get you like you know, to an extent if you're all like seventeen to thirty one, you're all in the same, but then if you're if you're not in that 17 to 24 as well it's like Dude, it's like two levels of missing I get the percentages aren't exact but 75% of National Hockey League teams have made the playoffs this year <laughs> and they haven't <laughs> and they still miss they still miss I mean that's that is bad that is really bad but then they were probably one win away and they've got two games in hand on the Canadians so who's who's to say what would have happened if everyone had played the same amount of games God knows. God knows. Did you um, did you read the Sportsnet best and worst of Jason Bottrell's tenure with the Buffalo Sabres? No, I didn't. I didn't. Was <laughs> was the worst. Hang on. Fucking hello. Hang on. Well, the worst. To be honest, there was only one thing that I could see that was the best. There were some things that were kind of. I'm not sure if, they, if they, I'm not sure if they're trying to say that's a good thing or a bad thing. I couldn't quite decide. And then there was like five or six things that were just, oh, this was so bad. This was so bad. I mean, we've gone over we've gone over his deals and hitting that kind of thing over the I mean, terrible, terrible trades. Such bad bad deals given out. Jeff Skinner is the new Milan Lucic. He just is. Because oh, it's so much give, money. Give some respect to Milan Lucic like fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, fair point actually. Has James Neal got a cup? I can't remember. No, it hasn't, has he? Because uh, no. wasn't that the thing when he went to Vegas, it was like he might have a chance to win one? Yeah, he was traded to Pittsburgh after they won. Yeah, that's right. No, he was... Oh, he was in the AHL. No, no, he was playing with the Stars when when Pittsburgh won the Cup. His rookie season, in fact. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so at least, at least Lucic has got a ring, I suppose. Either way, though, Jeff Skinner is the new king of Snake It Till You Make It. Can you guess? Can you guess what Sportsnet decided was the best thing that Jason Bottrell did in his tenure? No, because I, could, I couldn't even tell you one good thing that they, Jason Bottrell did. Was it? Get this right. Get this right. This is what they had. Trading. Trading. I've said this before. Yogari. I've said this kind of thing before. You, I will give writers a lot of shit for certain articles they put out, but sometimes if you're told 
by your boss. Can you write an article about this? I mean, what, what else are you going to do? You've got no choice. It is the, the, the Maple Leafs sort of syndrome where your boss is saying, well, you better put a Maple Leafs article out. You're like, well, what, what else is there? I mean, what else am I going to write about? And you just got to pedal out some shit about them because your boss says you have to. The best thing, the best thing on this list was that he drafted Rasmus Dali. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> to be fair, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be fair, the way it went, to be fair, you know. It's a good thing to do. But that was amazing. Isn't that amazing? The, cons- the consensus number one overall pick that you had, you drafted him. Well done. That was the best thing you did while you were there. You, Fucking hell. You could have not done it. And, and based on... True. I mean, yeah, again, it is true. That is true. You, you look at all of the other things that James Abotra has done. <laughs> Would you put it past him to not take Rasmus Darlene? When I go to the toilet, I don't have to wipe my ass, but I will. <laughs> and I should get some credit for that. Because I did do it. I don't have to, but I do. Yes, well done me. I'm so proud of myself. Do you not think he just lies in bed and then goes, ah, oh, yes, but I did draft Rasmus Darlene. There were some bright spots in my time there. <laughs> I, did, you know. I did have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, you could have who could he have taken? You could have taken Cockneyemi first. True. Who went second that year? Uh come on, you know. I really don't. I'm crap at this stuff. Oh, Give me all a European top three. Beautiful. From the, Yeah, I, I remembered that. I remembered that at the time. From the Barry Colts. Who went second? Oh Svechnikov? There you go. There you go. Probably should have gone first overall really, shouldn't they? Gonna say, Jury's still out on Darlene. He's a good player, though. He is good. Oh, yeah. He's getting there. Darlene, I think Darlene's gonna be okay. Darlene will be fine. But yeah, I think yeah. I think Svechnikov's probably a better player. Fucking that said, he had. Think about this then. Think about this then. They get Svechnikov. Don't need to pay Jeff Skinner. There's a little uh, butterfly effect for you. But then you could have Svechnikov and Jeff Skinner. That's true. Or they, or they would have paid fucking Tyler Myers or something like that. Here's a question for you. So because obviously the Sabres are getting a ton of grief, they're just like, I mean, just getting pilloried from every single angle. Even on other podcasts, they're just talking about the Sabres and how terrible an an organisation it is. Where are they right now on the sends meter? So zero sends is everything runs smoothly and you're a professional hockey club doing things as you should. One send is the sends. So where are the Sabres at right now? Like Like 0.1? 0.2, like... Two out of ten or whatever, like that. There's no way it's not. It's higher than 0.2. No, all they've done is sack some people and been shit. Like that's not fucking. You are doing a disservice to what the Sens have done. What the Sens, what the Sens have built. You know, I'm not saying they're full Sens. That's crazy. I'm not going to say that. Obviously, but they're at least a 0.5. Okay, how many? How many? So the Sens aren't even fucking full Sens yet. I don't think. How many... No, no. How, but full sends are like... They're the peak of what we know of terrible hockey organisations. How many CCTV videos of <laughs> players slacking off coaches have come out? None. How many... None, obviously. That's why they're not at a 0.8 or a 0.9. I know your next one's going to be. <laughs> I know you're going to say next. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say that. How many assistant GMs have been fired for molesting taxi drivers? None. Again, that's why they're not at a 0.7 or a 0.8. This, it's, all, it's all part of it, though. It's all part of it. How many players have been set on fire? Fucking none of them. 
There it is. Take a drink, everybody. That's the one I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They're, they're around a 0.4 and 0.5 for me. Yeah, but the, the same... Dude, we're looking at a third... We're looking at a third tank to try and rebuild this team. Hockey-wise, they are right up there. Just in just in the hockey sense. Not obviously all the stuff that surrounds no, it. they're just a... Nobody can catch the sends for the stuff around it, obviously. They're just a standard shit franchise, though. Because if you're, if you're equating... They've been shit for so long. Yeah, like really shit for so long. And to the Sens credit, the Sabres have been shitter than the Sens on ice. If we're just looking at pure on ice situation, like the Sens have been a better franchise over the last ten years than the Sabres have. Right. So the Sabres should be higher than a 0.2. No, because you're 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 not you're not measuring the same. It's it's apples to oranges. You're comparing. No, no. uh, I'm talking about the whole thing. I'm talking about the whole thing. But. So just if you say if you say hockey the hockey side of it is zero to zero point five, and then ancillary stuff you know people being set on fire etc. is zero point six to one, then the Sabers yeah hockey wise are immensely worse run just hockey so they should be at least a 0.4, 0.5 okay, I then think. you've got a five out of five for the hockey side and a one out of five for the off ice stuff because it's still no fucking mental shit has happened yet. Yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Jack Eichel's going to fucking snap, and he's just going to go pure. Um, what's his name? Patrick Bateman, pure American psycho. <laughs> fucking just, shout out Pat Bateman, just Jesus. Not <laughs> I could see, I could see Jack Eichel yeah. killing someone, couldn't you? Oh yeah, if we see Jack Eichel at a putt putt golf course with his knee, with his legs in a brace and a sad face on a t shirt, everyone look out. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be he'll be setting people on fire for real. Where he'll be deliberate this time. He'll do it to himself at centre court, like that that monk on the cover of the Rage Against the Machine album, as a protest. Oh my god! Yeah, fucking Christ! Game one of the of the fake playoffs. He'll just be sitting there in protest. Oh my god! Speaking of fucking crazy religious shit, with a with a hint of a conspiracy. That's beautiful. What? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. With a, with a hint of a conspiracy, the reports are that uh, former NHL star and maybe the best two-way player ever, Pavel Datsuk, is reportedly um, amongst those who are holed up at a Russian monastery where a priest has seized control and is, uh, has Cossacks currently guarding the area after he was told to, uh, to stop services due to his COVID-19 conspiracy beliefs. I, I love the headline in the Detroit Free Press that says, Is Detroit Red Wings great Pavel Datsuk with rogue priest in monastery takeover? <laughs> it's like, is he? Tell me more. You know how you get people reading papers again, don't you? Headlines like that. Like that. That's a fucking headline. That is a headline. And, and, and sections like, we're not saying that the story is true, but we're not saying that it's not true. <laughs> yeah. Mate, this, this is the most mental thing. If, even the fact that this priest is like holding up some fucking COVID sanctuary, because the whole point is the priest says it's bullshit, is to, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a cover to microchip everyone. <laughs> and just, yeah, yeah, fucking Pavel Datsuk's there too. So, oh. so, um, she, she, Yumen Sergius has taken over the monastery. And it's in the Urals as well, so like right deep in the heart of Russia, <laughs> like a notoriously fucking. Uninhabited Valeria. <laughs> he was um, this uh, this priest is a, is a former policeman who spent thirteen years in jail for murder. 
This is this is fucking Russian Manson family all over, isn't it? Oh yeah, and he's well known amongst Russia's Christian community, and uh, he is a former confessor of Russian MP and Crimean prosecutor Natalia Poklanskaya. And then <laughs> he took he took some local journalists around his room in the monastery, where amongst other things there are portraits of Tsar Nicholas II, Rasputin, and Stalin. <laughs> Solid trio. Who, who doesn't have portraits of Rasputin and Stalin hanging around in their living room? Exactly, and that's his first line, probably, isn't it? You know, he's now got that took a second line centre. I mean, Star <laughs> Nicholas II, Rasputin, and Stalin on your top line. I mean, that's ridiculous. You've got to have Rasputin going down the middle, pulling all the strings there, haven't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Rasputin, mate. You know, as a two way player, I mean, he's un, you know he's unbeatable, isn't he? That's the that's the legend. <laughs> you couldn't kill him. <laughs> like as far as I'm aware, like. That has always been like devoutly religious as well, so this is completely believable. Yeah, here's a here is a quote from Datsuk. Father Sergius has been my spiritual father for more than ten years. He has a burning, loving heart. He sees me through and through. He is strict, but also very kind. That that sentence scares me, I'll be honest. As before with my family, we want to come to the monastery of the loaves of bread every Sunday. We know the priest is waiting for me. We can confess to him, take communion. Ask him spiritual questions of life. Be blessed. With the blessing of the priest, many issues are resolved by themselves. I am grateful that God and I gave my family such a spiritual father. End quotes. On, on like a serious note, like this is like the sad side of religion for me. This is where like it can... Yeah. There are so many positives that religion give to people, yeah, but be it hope, be it you know, a good way to... Guidance. Decent morals and guidance and like a sense of community and stuff yeah. like that, but... When it gets to this point where it is a cult, like it's a borderline cult, whether you believe or not, like, you know, no disrespect to people's individual faiths, but when people are treating priests and vicars and, and religious leaders who are mortal men like you and I as deities, that's when it gets really dangerous. And, like, it, you know, we make jokes and, and all that, but, but it's sad. Like, there are people that are under the influence of this Father Sergius who he is. As we were saying about before the show, Dan, like he is exploiting his power for his own personal gain. It's just, it's just sad that so many people are able to do that the world over under the guise of religious belief. I just can't imagine, uh, like, if you try to imagine it yourself, if you have a, a vicar in like sleepy England, well, and he says to his parishioners one morning, "Right, we're going to, we're going to a forest in, the, in, we're going to a, a hut in the woods. You're all coming with me because this COVID thing's bullshit." Like, would they all go? I think they would. I think they would. I know, that's the thing, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think they would too. And that's the sad thing. That's like the terrifying thing. Seeing seeing the way that the congregation is around, like, because my, like, my dad's a vicar in, in the Church of England, and the way that some people are about their faith in, in that church and that community, yeah. it could happen to anyone. Like, there are, there are probably people in every church around the country who would do that for their vicar. Does does that mean next week's two bits from pork will be conducted by you from your dad's foot in the woods? <laughs> right, Dan, I've had a slight change of heart about Father Sergius. Uh, I would I would like to address some. Turns out he's right. Accuracies in last week's podcast. Right, hang on then. Right, so Father Sergius has got portraits. He's got his top line of Nicholas II, Rasputin, and Stalin. What would your dad's top line be? Uh, it's Liam Brady. <laughs> I was going to say it's all Arsenal players, isn't it? Probably Thierry Henry. Got to be Tony Adams. That's the last. No, it's definitely definitely Burkamp. Liam Brady and Burkamp is whether he has both Burkamp and Henri or whether he swaps one of them out. 
No, I think he'd probably probably have Bergkamp and Henri. Maybe David Roker. Yeah, yeah, you would. You'd have to really. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But yeah, Tony Adams would be the fourth, I reckon. <laughs> well, Tony Adams would be, would be his dad took. <laughs> yeah, his second line centre is Tony Adams. <laughs> yeah. Did you see an unbelievable... Okay, this quote is like maybe the best quote I've ever heard. Did you? So they asked Sergius why he had image, an image of Stalin. Did you see what he said? No, no, not at all. He said, I've got an image of Stalin because he destroyed sodomy and lifted up the nation. If those are two things to accomplish in life, destroying sodomy and lifting up a nation, that's not a bad life. <laughs> sodomy. I have no idea. Destroy. I, I won't even know where to begin with destroying sodomy. Does he, does he mean it in like a, like a hip way of like, oh, he's a sick sodomizer, mate. He fucking destroyed that sodomy. He's a fucking... <laughs> when he comes, he's down with the kids. Yeah, when, when it comes to sodomy, old Joseph Stalin, he's fucking destroyed, mate. Don't worry about it. Stalin's your fucking man. You want sodomy destroyed? You want some guy to wreck it? Like, <laughs> like an absolute ledge? Go and see Stalin. He's your boy. I think that's got to be it. That's got to be it. Top, top, top sort of mindset. <laughs> that's got to be it, because I can tell you, he hasn't destroyed sodomy at all. It's still very rampant. I've seen plenty of videos. It's pretty about sodomy, sodomy arguably. Yeah. Well, I was going to say bigger than ever. Ever, probably not. I mean, as nah. as big as it's ever been, though. Still hot in the streets. Still hot in the streets for sure. Still, sodomy. Still shifting units. That's sodomy. Yeah, still, <laughs> still making moves, isn't it? And then this took a bit of a twist. So this afternoon, Dan Milstein puts out a video on Twitter of Datsuk apparently chopping wood at his cottage. Interestingly, though, from behind, so we never see the woodchopper's face. It's a fucking hockey conspiracy. And, and he's wearing a Datsuk thirteen jersey. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's clearly him. You should have made it, Rob. You should have. You should have made it a woman with like curly blonde hair. <laughs> like, look, clearly Pavel Datsuk. He's got a jersey on. Of course, it's Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> How dare you ask me? Fucking Dan Milstein waiting in. <laughs> I like the idea that like Pavel Datsuk's got like three numbers in his phone. Like one of them Sergius, one of them's his wife. That there's Dan Milstein, and he's like, Dan, you've got to help me. This might blow back on me. Set up a fake video quickly. Like he, he goes to confess at Father Sergius, and he's someone else is in the confession booths. So it's like fuck, I get a bit better get Milstein on the phone. <laughs> Milstein, I've seen. Isn't that unbelievable? That's fucking. It's unbelievable. And then Dan Milstein's first notion is, how can I get Pavel out of this? Get me a wood chopper right now. Get me a wood chopper and a Datsuk jersey. Start. This is this is bad PR, Pavel. What we need to do. Let's get a very ambiguous video of you potentially chopping wood out there so people think you're not there while really you can carry on doing your, your fucking crazy orthodox shit. <laughs> they, said to, they said to Datsuk, what's like, what, what, what are things that Russian men do all the time? We always chop the wood. We love to chop wood. <laughs> okay, I'll put that out. That'll do. Speaking of photos of oh, Russian God. Men, did you see that photo of Sid and Gino? Yes. Where they're like wearing the same outfit. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what's weird about that picture, though? Was everyone was talking about how they must have done leg day because their legs looked awesome. And I was looking at them thinking, no, they don't. They just look like their regular legs. They're sat down, so their legs have pushed out because of the chair they're sat on. They're not stood up with legs like that. Yeah, but they've still got fucking... Like, Sid's still got fucking legs like tree trunks, though. Sid's not fucking about. He's got good legs. Yeah, but Sid's got dad ass as well, hasn't he? He's a big boy at that size. Yeah, but it's not, it's not Warren. But, other, like... Though. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen like, um, oh, not Chris Boardman, the other, not Chris Hoy. Well, Chris. Who's the hips? Who's the Paul Weller of cycling? What's his name? Oh, Bradley Wiggins. 
Bradley Wiggins. You've seen Bradley Wiggins' legs. I mean, they are those are trunk. I mean, they are ridiculous, ridiculous. Or like um, Bradley Wiggins float. You know, she Shik- he was floating about on a promenade with a fucking classic Dutch uh, football shirt, fucking smoking a vape. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> he's got like a shaved head he's got fucking tattoos all over his arms now big old beard looking like fucking fuck knows what I mean to be fair he's a sir he can do whatever he wants can't he is he actually a really? sir yeah he's a sir dude he should be he's a sir with hand tattoos smoking a vape yeah exactly there's hope for me yet mate <laughs> all my tattoos I could still be a sir I got a chance look at Bradley Wiggins legs or Chris Hoy's legs those are legs or any any, any pro cyclist any of them to be I'll fair be like their legs give, not just because they're sat down at a funny angle come on give a fuck about the legs people have you know lost sight of the really important thing in this photo why the fuck are they dressed in the same outfit that's not been because ex- they're teammates well they're hockey <laughs> players who can't think for themselves <laughs> You not learned anything over the past three years it's not they can't think for themselves it's not right it's not normal <laughs> They wake up in the morning. Those outfits are already on the on the bed ready. Somebody comes in in the night and says, "Oh God, I don't know, I don't know players have to think about what to it's, wear. They can just wear the same thing." It's, it's not like they're both just wearing deep cut V neck t shirts and chino shorts with a pair of fucking espadrilles. They are literally exactly the same items of clothing all the way down. Like that's not that's fucking organised. Like what is happening? What's going on? Maybe they're lovers. Maybe they got dressed together in the morning. Fucking I don't know. Well, that no, because like, that'd be more interesting, mate. I, I saw I saw a couple fucking wearing the same outfit walking the dog the other day. I thought, what? Well, where do you get to that point in life? We're living together, awake in the same bed, and you've actively put on the same. Outfit. Wait, do you mean the same sex couple or a different sex couple? Different sex couple. A man, man. Ah, yeah. Man I mean, that is. I mean, to be fair, either either's not good. But when you look at your wife and think. I could wear that. Well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> well, she looked at husband and thought, I could wear that. It wasn't the same items of clothing. It was like both wearing a purple, same shade of purple t-shirt or whatever. Both had shorts on. And it's like, what? How? No. No. Yeah, it's very weird. Very weird. I, I hope that's Sid and Gino's way of subtly trying to say, look, we've been... We're in love. <laughs> we've been reading a lot of, uh, a lot of Stalin's books. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're sodomising each other now. And uh, we just want yeah. to know. Fucking power too. I hope they do. <laughs> if we want to honour Stalin, <laughs> having as much sodomy as possible. <laughs> fucking, fucking Gino's. Christ, don't the Russians listen to this. Gino, God. Gino's converted Sid to Stalinism via way of sodomy. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to have the KGB after, after, after this, you know. You just know it. If, we, if me or Will can't put out a show last week and we've suddenly vanished, you know, you know why. Mate, if, if KGB agents are bringing Novichok to fucking Salisbury... They'll bring it to fucking yeah, good point. Norwich and Cheshire, fucking hell. We'll be in the gulag this time next week, you know it. If we're lucky. If we're lucky, if we're lucky. If we make it, if we make it that far. <laughs> oh, dearie me. All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will, any last words? Uh, yeah, let's do something a bit serious for the last words. Um, it has been 96 days since Brianna Taylor was murdered in her own bed while sleeping after the US Police Department broke into her house with an unlawful warrant looking for people who were already arrested and in police custody. They unloaded multiple rounds into the sleeping Brianna Taylor. They did not answer when her, her boyfriend called out for to, to ask who was there. They murdered this woman in cold blood and they are still on active duty. Please research this topic. Please do what you can. Sign petitions. If you are in the States, please phone phone numbers. Call your representative do something about this this is still fucking happening this is still happening and it's happening to an egregious degree justice for Breonna Taylor please
But do you know what as well? I've got I've got one as well. Is that uh, thousands of student nurses mm-hmm. were told that due to COVID nineteen, they if they came off their student program and went to help on the front lines during COVID nineteen on various wards and things like that, putting their own lives at risk, mm-hmm. they would be able to um, be in full time employment. They'd be classed as being able to work, and everything would be a okay. And the government, uh, because Matt Hancock is an odious prick, okay. is now reneging on that deal and deciding that they're not going to do that now, which is leaving thousands of student nurses struggling and probably wondering why the fuck they bothered in the first place. So if you can also find that petition and sign that, do that as well. The good news is with COVID-19 is it's given us all time to look online and find out who the real pieces of shit are in the world. So uh, take note of that, folks. And remember, if you get a chance and you can vote these people out or make change in your area, go and do it. Power. Peace. Yeah. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Peace.